Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. So uh, this is Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man Joseph, named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will, are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord of God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. This, his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has said to be unable to conceive in her sixth, is in her sixth month, for no word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Begita. That was a very well-read portion of our scripture this morning. And, and uh, you know, Renee, we, we didn't thank you for, I know you've been struggling today, and her day just went south on her real quick, and so we appreciate you jumping in there and, and hanging in there and, uh, and keeping the faith. You know, last week I was telling you about, uh, about our waiting. You know, we were, a, we're a, uh, an instant gratification kind of society. And I really kind of feel bad because I was, I was kind of making fun of the, of the Lawrence Post Office when I stood in line for two decades to get a stamp. But you know, that's not all fair because the, the clerks, you know, they, they have to put up with us too, you know. And uh, it, never, it never ceases to, to amaze me um, that people of every age and race and uh, they, they, they get around it. And so I've got to tell you about the, about a, the, the poor people at the post office. And uh, there was a woman who went to the post office. She wanted to buy stamps for her Christmas cards. And I don't know. We call them Christmas. We call them holiday, whatever the stamps were. But, you know, the post office comes out and has a, has a lot of different varieties. Well, the clerk has already waited on probably 60 people, you know, and he's trying to be patient with her. And, and he says, well, ma'am, he said, uh, what denomination would you like? And the woman said, well, for heaven's sakes, God help us. Has it come to this? All right, give me six Catholic, 12 Presbyterian, 10 Lutheran, 22 Baptist, and five Methodists. You know, it just never ceases to amaze me around this world on this Christmas Eve of every nation, every denomination, people of every age and race and language were bowing today to give thanks. And this is a very a big time in our worship. You know, God seldom acts in a manner in which we expect. God works through people and events that seem strange and unrelated to us, especially 
during this time of Advent. You know, it may appear odd to us that God will use the, the ordinary and the very common, but if you know your Bible, this really shouldn't surprise you too much. This is how God has always done it. Our problem is that we have watched too many of Cecil D. B. D. DeMille's films that have all the thunder and the lightning, and we have failed to read the text. So look closely at what's taking place in this birth narrative of the New Testament. Look at the locations, look at the time, especially the people involved. So I would like to share with you some of your observations. And if you were in Carolyn's uh, Unlikely Advent, we, we talked about a lot of this. But, you know, God chooses the unexpected. The, and it's odd that God would reveal such an awesome message to such ordinary people. Now, the message wasn't given to, to Herod in his place in Jerusalem. It wasn't given to Caesar Augustus as he sat on his mighty throne in Rome. It wasn't given to the priests. It wasn't given to the rabbis. It wasn't given to the scribes, not even the scholars. But instead, it was given to the shepherds that were keeping watch on their flock at night. How odd that God would first declare the message to those shepherds. There must have been some kind of a up. Surely it was a mistake. You would have thought that this message would have, you know, it would have hit the UP lines. And, 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 the, and the newsboys of the, of the great dailies would be saying, read all about it. And they would, be, they would be publishing that in Rome and Athens and Corinth and, and Alexandria and Jerusalem. So what went wrong with Gabriel's public relations. The great and important people in the world centers of power and politics, they didn't get advance notice. They didn't get a single word. How odd of God. Is this any way to bring the Son of God into the world? Is this how we treat the, the, the birth of a king? But when you get right down to it, with everything that we have come to know about Jesus' life, it appears that this was the right place. It was the right time among the right people. So who were those shepherds anyway? Well, let me tell you who they were. They were, they were migrant farm laborers of the first, first century Palestine. Like migrants, they moved from one location to another. They were seeking adequate grazing for their sheep. And it was to these simple men of, of the field that God's message of the birth of Jesus, it first came to earth. The highest announcement came to the very of the lowest people. And then there was Mary. Inconspicuous, unexpected. How odd God should choose Mary. As we come to think about the unexpected, the lowly, and the inconspicuous person being the vessel in hope of change, certainly Mary comes to mind. I mean, she's, she's human, a wife and a mother with all the earthliness that, that it must entail. And she's an example. She is a, mo she is a model of the Christian faith. 
Her faith felt both sword of scandal, dissension, contradiction. But notice the words that, that uh, Begita read just a moment ago. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by these words, and she was pondering what sort of greeting this might be. And things appear odd to us because God doesn't follow our expectations. God never acts in a manner that we expect. God works through people and events that appear strange and unrelated to us. God works in mysterious ways, and he does his wonders that he has performed that we're, we find odd. We would have never thought that the kingdom of peace would come through a child born in such, a, uh, such humble parents. If God can use these humble vessels for God's eternal purpose, just, just think what God can do with you. God uses the most ordinary people to perform the most extraordinary tasks. Nobody becomes somebody. I got to tell you, I had a, a, a gentleman in one of the churches I served before, and I went to see him, um, went to see him uh, in, a, in the nursing home. And life had become very difficult for him. Um, he constantly complained because he, he never had any visitors. And he felt lonely. He felt neglected. And it seemed, he seemed to have every right to complain, as he did, considering the circumstances under, under which he lived. And so I, I went to see him just before Christmas. And when I went into his room, his walls were covered with Christmas cards. And there was, a, there was a beautiful, I don't know how you want to say it, poinsettia or poinsettia, whichever you like. But he had one of those in his room. And it was just really beautiful. And he told me that, that the night before, he had, a church had Christmas carolers. And they, they came and, and they, they sang to him, sang Christmas carols. And he, he, he just loved it. And so I asked him, I said, well, how, how are you doing? And he said, you know what, Pastor? He said, at Christmas time, I am somebody. And nobody is somebody at Christmas. All the things that surround the birth of Jesus are for you. There's hope, there's joy, there's peace, there's love. And in what you may think is your ordinariness, <laughs> right where you are, God comes to you. And so each and every one of you at Christmas time, you are somebody. Amen. We have a beautiful time singing. Your voices were lovely this morning. Um, we had to improvise a little bit, but it didn't change you a bit. It didn't slow you a bit. You sounded great. And so we give thanks. Well, again, we're giving thanks today as we come to the table of, of the communion. Now, here we are. We're just getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ, and we're getting ready to go to the manger and be with him, and we'll do that later on tonight, okay? So you got to come back and, and, and for that part of it, we're going we're gonna to be, be doing that. But for right now, 
we're going to be remembering Jesus as he was. We're going back in time before he died. And uh, we're going back to the night in, in which he was sitting with his disciples that you're going to learn about later after, afterwards. But right now, you know, about, you know about his disciples. and You know that he sat down with them and he wanted to eat. And he had some really disturbing news to tell them. He said, you know, I, I love you and I've been with you and, and, and you've been really good students, but it's time for us to part ways. But he said, uh, before we do this, we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to eat together. We're going to break bread together. But tonight is going to be a very special night because as I celebrate with you and as we eat together, this night is going to be an item I'm going to ask you to remember for the rest of your lives, and I want you to pass this on to future generations that they too will remember. And so on the night that he was betrayed, we know that that Judas is about to betray him here in a little bit, but they're all sitting together. They're going to break bread anyway. He knows what's going to happen, but it doesn't bother. I mean, he, it bothers him, but he knows it, it, it's, it's foretold. So they, they sit down and they, they have the bread. And so Jesus lifts the bread to God and he asks God's blessing upon the bread. And then after God has, has blessed the bread, then Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, now this is what I want you to understand. Tomorrow's not going to be a good day. And this bread will be representing my body. And it's going to be broken for you and for many. But he said, I, what I want you to do, what I'm asking you to do, is every time you have this bread, you, you take this bread and you eat it, you think of me, okay? And so after... They shared the bread, and they, they passed the bread around. Then, then Jesus poured the cup, and he took the, he took the wine and poured it in. And Of course, then they would have all drank from the same, uh, the same chalice, pre-COVID. Uh, so they all drank from it. And so he lifted, the, uh, he lifted the, the wine up to God, and he asked God to bless the wine. And then he told his disciples, he said, now, I broke the bread and told you that, that that represents my body, okay? He said, this represents my blood because it's going to be shed tomorrow for you and for many. And so he said, I would, I'm asking you that as you drink this from now on, you will remember me. And so likewise, you and I, we're coming as though we're the disciples on that night. And we're going to eat of the bread, and we're going to remember that this was God's, this is Jesus' body that was broken for us. And then we're going to place it and dip it in the wine, and that's going to, and it's unfermented, that's going to remind us of Jesus' blood that was shed for us. And so this, this is, here it is, we're talking about gifts on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, well, this is Jesus' gift to us. This is his gift. This is what he has offered us. This is what, why he came and why we celebrate Christmas Day. And so when you come to receive the bread, we ask that you, you come and receive it as a gift. This is, this is Jesus' gift for us, for all of you. And, and this is an open table. It doesn't, you know, we had a little joke about denominations, but that doesn't matter here. This, this bread, this uh, unfermented wine is for all of you.
and, and, and there is no restrictions to come in. The only thing that we ask is that you believe in our Lord Jesus Christ as you come to receive it. 